Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I don't want this to come off as rude or insulting in any way. Too late. Shape or form. But uh, that that hat, is, is that underwear on your head? Like, what, what the heck are you wearing? What is that hat? Uh, when I was in Korea, I went snowboarding. And I needed, I didn't have, like, any face protection. And it was really, really cold, as snow is, is wont to do on your face. And my my face is getting really, really chapped. And... And and as you know, my son, my son issue. I have son issues, right? And I was like, sure. I just need to cover up more. And so I bought this little thing, and it's like a little tube, right? And it's really, it's actually really cool. Like, I say really cool. Like I can, uh, you see, some top of my head there. And uh, I, it looks like, right now. It looks like the world's biggest like sweatband. <laughs> and uh, and then when you have it unfolded like that, it just looks like you put some tidy whities on your head. <laughs> Uh, I love it, but you know, you know, it it gets. I guess it gets cold in Hawaii, I, so yeah, I, I guess found you can it. Justify it that I way. found <laughs> it in a box, and I was like, "This is it. This is my. It's my time. It's my time to shine." <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Travis. Hello, everyone, and this is Brandon. <laughs> Welcome to Apathetic Enthusiasm. The podcast where we get together every couple of weeks and talk about whatever the heck is going on. That's right. That's right. I love I love the evolution of this podcast. You know, you know the weirdest thing is, and maybe interdimensional RSS has a little bit to do with this, but ever since we just were like, you know what, let's just talk about whatever's happening. And we we almost don't even have like the same like outline structure or anything. Like <laughs> We have like twice as many listeners now than we did before really? we started. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> dude. I, I haven't even I, I didn't I haven't even looked because you know uh, at some point in time you and I well you and I both kind of gave up on this this one even though we wanted to keep doing it right. We both said yeah let's we'll do it we'll do it because it's a labor of love. But sure. we're not we don't care about listeners anymore like. I mean, we care about. I mean, listeners. we care. We care about you. Please <laughs> we, keep listening to the podcast. But but we but we stopped being like, ah, uh, you know what? Let's let's try to promote the hell out of this, and let's really build this brand up. 
Um, and so it's it's nice. I, I know, didn't it's, check it's for us. It's for us. Uh, I think about um, one of the most popular YouTube creators out there that have been there since the early days are the Vlog Brothers. Um, yeah, that's sure. uh, John Green and and Hank John- Green. Yeah. And uh yeah, and their their whole YouTube channel started just because they were geographically separated. And so the only way they were going to communicate for like a year was by doing like it was like daily videos or weekly videos where one of them uploaded a video to YouTube. Sure. And then the other person would upload their response and they just went back and forth. Sure. And now they like own YouTube or like they're like they like created VidCon and have hit movies and just all kinds of craziness. So sure. that's our trajectory, Brandon. Like <laughs> that's, that's that's where we're headed. That uh, that's it. You know, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things I wanted to talk about this week was the fact that Facebook came out both Facebook and Microsoft with this this co this co streaming, right? With like Twitch, uh there was there were ways that people were able to kind of rig it up to where they can get co-streams on there to like if if we're if you're playing a game long distance i'm playing a game then we combine it into one stream people watch but, uh, but well, that's always like that's always you really have to like do a bunch of extra work on the yes. back end to kind of like almost trick it into being like yeah we're we're playing together yeah it's it's basically like relaying it through a different site <laughs> uh and so you know twitch usually it's like 15 second delay and so then you end up, you know, doubling it, I would, I would guess I would say, if you want to co-stream. Well, anyway, so Facebook, they have Facebook Live, and now Facebook Live, you can have a co-stream, basically. So really, you and I could, if we wanted to, if we wanted to, and I don't, if we wanted to, we could do it right now where we both get on Facebook and then we could we could just do the, the podcast live, you and me, mano y mano, and whoever <laughs> wants on to, one. to watch. Uh, I'll tell you what, as as soon as I move into my new house uh, yeah. at the end of the uh, at the end of June, yeah, and I get into my new office that yeah. will be all rigged up and everything will be in its place. Sure. Then I'm all for doing live streams of this on on, on the regs. But yeah. seeing as I've officially moved my computer into my bedroom because <laughs> I want a dedicated room scale VR space. And yeah. the closet that I used to record in is way too small to Not do conducive. anything. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just, that, I don't know. Yeah. This, this room isn't as snazzy as the room that had all the yeah. pop vinyl figures and loot crate items in the yeah. background. And, and whatever it was that we were doing uh, last week, uh, well, I think it was like after we talked on Robin Slim show, which, by the way, shout out, we were on the Robin Slim podcast this last week, if you want to check that out. Um it was your Sheena. She walked into the room and then she was like getting changed or something off camera. Thankfully uh, <laughs> yeah. for, for really both like, of us to my immediate left is like <laughs> my walk-in closet. And she's just like in there and I'm just like, I'm glad this is just one webcam and, and I'm she not like, doing like a multi-cam <laughs> like situation. Honey, why don't you get off of there and I'll give you some real pod casting. <laughs> that's, Wait, that's how do you, exact- how do you, that, yeah, we we exclusively role play as podcasters yeah. whenever we're intimate in the bedroom. Let let me euphemize this. Um, um but yeah, yeah. So so then the second thing was was Beam, right? So Microsoft Beam this last slash week, mixer slash yeah, whatever whatever's next. Uh, which they they need to get they need to get their stuff together on that because all right. So Microsoft announced that Beam, their streaming competitor to that they purchased, 
uh, the competitor to Twitch, they renamed it to Mixer this last week. And okay, whatever. It's, it sounds like a dating site. Everyone is making the joke. Honestly, um, I'm shocked that you can Google Mixer. And I mean, I know it's Microsoft. Like Microsoft kind of knows how to do computers and internet. Yeah, but yeah. the fact that you can, like the day it came out, Google Mixer, and that's the first hit versus like KitchenAid, like appliances and things like that. Yeah. I'm like, man, they got their SEO on lock. Like they just, like, they like know Tinder. what's up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So, um, so we we tried. I tried it a couple different times. Uh, I'll get into Seven Days to Die here in a minute. But um, we we tried. I tried doing it with my brother-in-law Robert, uh, doing the co-stream on Xbox One. And and I don't think that capability is there yet, or it's it's really wonky. And that, I think that's my problem so far with Mixer is they're like, okay, cool. Here we are. Here's the capabilities. The only thing you can find on how to do anything is in like the press releases for it, where it says mm. four player co streaming. It doesn't really like, say like it says it exists, but yeah. there's no clear cut instructions on how it, to make it happen. Exactly right. And even in the Xbox One app, like it says, my beam, it still says beam as an app instead of mixer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little, it's a little, little wonky. I don't know. There, it, there's it things, cool. there's things I like about it. I like that it's, designed to be able to be both on your xbox one and on your pc you can uh apparently co-stream multi-platform uh depending on what you're doing um i it i'm shocked that when you go to the windows 10 store uh there's no mixer app integrated for windows 10 like yeah. it just takes you to the website uh, I I just would figure that would be something that Microsoft and Windows would have maybe, yeah. maybe considered doing. Well, um, and 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 yeah. something weird too is on my Xbox One, uh, I had to like link the Mixer app to the web app for it, and then uh, I have like the interdimensional RSS icon for for all of my uh, Beam stuff, Mixer stuff, and so now that's on my Xbox One. So it's not it's like pulling from Mixer to the Xbox One rather than like traditionally how Microsoft does it where they they push everything the yeah. opposite way. I don't know. I'm still Whatever. frustrated that the Xbox gamer tag that I created like 14 years ago on an e <laughs> using an email account that I haven't really maintained in like with other than managing fantasy football uh -huh. And uh, and my Xbox activities. It's the only things I use this email account for, but I'm still locked into that. And like, I don't know. Like, I can I can I still get emails on on some of my more modern accounts. Like, I can add the email, but for some reason, yeah. like, I still have to log in with the old emails for some Why? stuff. Are you talking? Are you talking about for the Xbox? Yeah. Dude, just go just go to Microsoft.com, go log into your account and change the change the email that's associated with the account. I did that. I did that. Oh. Because I changed mine from skinny little BTC to the <laughs> other one that I'm not gonna tell you guys about because hey you I don't hey I don't want you to hack into my uh, stuff. Yeah, because it's I think it's when I got I think it's when I got the Xbox One. I tried to fix it all yeah. and use my current email address. Sure. And it created a new dummy account for it. Dummy. So like easy rope 29 or something <laughs> is this gamer tag that I still get emails for, even though I've never played under that handle. I never yeah. use it. 
uh, I don't know. Did you say Microsoft... Easy Rope 69? No, it's like 24s. <laughs> it's some random like number. Uh, um, and yeah, so good job, Microsoft. I, I don't know. I'm excited about Mixer. I'm excited about the, the Facebook Live stuff. I, I do want to do more video stuff with yeah. uh, Apathetic Enthusiasm and uh, Interdimensional RSS, all that stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. It's it's fun stuff. And you know, we both play a lot of games, so... When we're when we're not podcasting, it's it'd be cool for us to throw those games up and yeah. hang out. Really, yeah. the co-streaming stuff, like us being able to do something at the same time, uh, that's I think Mixer might have the advantage there. And I don't know. I, hopefully, they get it all figured out and we can we can play some games. Yeah, I agree. We we talked about playing Gwent, right? Doing a co-stream of Gwent, which you played a little bit of. I've I've played a little bit of Gwent this weekend. Uh, this is the that's the game that came out is based on oh i don't know i know it's in witcher 3 i think i don't know if it's in every witcher game but there's a card game that they play in like the taverns or whatever and uh so it's based on that and it's it's pretty cool you you have like three lanes essentially that you can play different types of cards and there's three rounds and you're trying to beat an opponent um i don't know it's, it's magic slash like medieval uh, combat with monsters and yeah. it's it's in free beta so it just you know if you're if you're yeah, into, if you're into online card games <laughs> you can go check out Gwent. I love free I love free things. Uh Chelsea and the kiddo are playing Temple Run. So Hey hey And 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 they're both they, they sit next to each other, him on his iPad, her on her iPad and they just there's like just playing Temple Run like separately so, cuz it's not like it's tempor- a co-op or multiplayer <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah, just and then playing everyone, the same gun, the same game, and breathing the same air. And every once in a while, they look at each other and say, "Oh, yeah, the monkeys got you," and then they go back to play. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the family of the future, right there. That's yeah. that's, that's where we're headed. <laughs> uh, I, on the other hand, I, uh, I've I've been rotating between there's a there's a game on iOS, maybe Android too, called Arkanoid versus Space Invaders. And uh, Chris Randazzo, our friend over at Geekade, he's he brought it up, and I was like, "Oh, cool! I love Arkanoid," and and so it's it's actually it's it's fun little just crappy Arkanoid game where like the space instead of like in Arkanoid you you have like the bumper at the bottom, and then you have one ball that bounces up and down, bounces up and down, and you got to break the the bricks on top. What this does is. It takes the space invaders and then they shoot things at you and you are using little bumper at the bottom to reflect the bullets back and then break the bricks. So, they, so it's, it's, it's counterintuitive to us where you would use to try to avoid the objects. Now that is your only way to get kind of fire back at them. Exactly right. Yeah. Mm, that's pretty cool. So, so that, that, that's one. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, but the one that I've like spent so much, like literally so much time, literally so much time playing. So is, uh, much Seven Days to Die, and it was on Humble Bundle for like nine bucks because it's in it's an alpha on Steam, and I don't like buying alpha games. But the coworker is like, "Hey, dude, it's it's ten bucks down from like thirty. I was like, "Okay, all right." Um, and it it gets that Minecraftiness of that that I like that I like to get addicted into. Uh, but it's it's a zombie ap- post apocalypse setting. So you're basically like you're going, you're building axes, and you're building like forts with spikes and all that type of stuff. And you're <laughs> foraging for food and hunting and avoiding zombies. And 
I just I spent so much damn time like farming, <laughs> where I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna build. I'm gonna build I'm, so much corn. Let me go plant some crops. Let me go tend <laughs> to the harvest. Yeah. Oh wait, there's a zombie. Let me get oh, yeah. go hit him in the face. Uh, it, with now you say it's like Minecraft, but it mostly yeah. just in the survival aspect of it, right? It's like uh, graphics wise, it's more realistic ish. Yeah, it's it's more realistic than than Minecraft. It's only that that whole survival slash building base okay. building and um that it, that Minecraft did so well. Is the environment relatively large, or are you kind of confined to an area? Oh uh, yeah, it the I mean there, there's mining, there's there's up and down you build up and uh, dig down. Um, but the the map is the map is huge, so you have to like, contend with food. Staying hydrated, heat, and stuff like that. Um, mm. If if you get hit by a zombie, you you might end up bleeding out, or you might get infected, and so then you have to, you know, bandage yourself or whatever. Um, but I, it's it doesn't sound as interesting, I guess. But like, there's this this the other day I was just I was planting some crops, you know, as was, one is ought to do. I was said, uh, you know what? Let's let's make a crop of potatoes, and uh. I wasn't paying attention and the zombie like snuck up behind me and, and hit me and I started bleeding out. And so I'm like, Oh crap. Oh crap. And I like start freaking out. Right. And so I'm like running and like, Oh crap. Uh, let me go to my base. I, I run into the base and I open the door and then like, there's three other zombies that started running after me too. And I was like, Oh God, I just need to put some bandages. Cause I didn't have any on me cause I'm an idiot. And so, uh, the zombie started pounding on the door, breaking it down I grab the bandages. I I go up this this ladder that I built uh, as an escape route, and I go <laughs> around and I get the bandage off at like like one percent, and then the zombies that are still chasing after me, like breaking through my doors and crap, uh, then I have to like fend them off with <laughs> with the only thing I had on me, which was like a crappy wooden club. <laughs> uh, so I'm like straight. It it doesn't sound as exciting, but I gotta tell you, I was as soon as it was done, like my heart was like. Okay, all is right. It, let me. Uh, is let me take it a like? Break. Is it like a? Let me take a break for this. Is it like a hardcore mode where like if you die it's over, or do no, you just no. respawn on your bed and then? Yeah, you you respawn on your bed, but you you get penalties uh, to your maximum health and stamina. Okay, every every right. time you die, uh, people some people do play where if you die once, then you're done. That's but it's but that's, it's called seven. I can't do that. I just gotta say, like, there. I have one like hardcore or whatever Minecraft game saved on some computer somewhere, mm-hmm. and I like. I'm afraid to go back to it just because, like, I one second of not paying attention, <laughs> and I just fall to my doom or something, or a creeper <laughs> sneaks up on me. I just, I, I can't take that kind of risk. Yeah, and then as soon as you die, you're like, and if you lose all that progress, you're like, okay, well, I'm done with that game. Because I'm not, I'm not starting again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that how, was fun. That was fun. That's fun. Uh, you, and you said that's in alpha right now. Yeah, so it's it's really it's in really alpha. early on. But it's like an alpha build sixteen, I think, is where it is now. All right. Um, but it's it's a fun game. I, I recommend it to anybody who enjoys zombies, not Bob Carroll, and <laughs> Minecraft. Hey, there you go. Even though there are actual zombies in Minecraft, but they're they're fake zombies. They're just green monsters, really. Yeah, the the Endermen too. They're not, you know, they're not they're eating cre- any brains. <laughs> no, no. What uh, what what have you you been you just been playing this like RTS 
stuff, right? Right. So I, I'm playing a game that just came out of its alpha slash beta phase. It, it's finally in official release, um, and it's a, a this week in VR. Uh, <laughs> it's called uh, Cosmic Trip, and uh, apparently this game has had a lot of buzz in in sort of the VR circles for a while. Yeah. Um, and I just I missed it. I guess because I'm so new to the game. <laughs> the game get it uh, but yes so this is a <laughs> this is a, a vr style rts and i will say up front uh, i am traditionally really bad at real-time strategy games uh, yeah, you are. i i got uh starcraft 2 when it came out and i was like sweet let's play this and i played for a very short amount of time and then realized yes i'm bad at this i do not manage my <laughs> you know, troops and things, my armies very well. Uh, but looking at the game, the game looked really solid uh, from an art standpoint. The mm. vis- Visually, it, it looked really nice. And uh, the concept of, of having a little bit more depth in a VR title where um, you are building up armies and sending them out and doing things like that, I was like, all right, well, let's let's give this a shot. And so I, I got it on Steam this week, and... I got to say it is a ton of fun even if I'm not super great at it yet. Yeah. Uh every time I play and I've probably like s- seriously sat down or stood up in the middle of my room I guess cuz I don't really sit down to play VR games. Yeah. Uh I but I I've, I've I've probably really like done four or five like dedicated sessions where I was like okay I'm going to see how far I can go before all hope is lost. And each time I've gotten significantly further. Uh, but yeah, so you, the basic premise is you are on a planet mm-hmm. and you have all these little robots that are at your disposal. So because it's a VR environment, you build a robot generator and it's an actual little object that you place somewhere around you. And then you pull out of a menu, you can get these batteries and charge everything. And these robots start flying around you and some of them are off mining resources. Other ones are like attacking incoming aliens that are elsewhere on the planet. And uh, there's a really cool uh, transport system where you pull up this portal basically out of the ground Mm -hmm. and it warps you to the next like hot point on the map. Okay. So you can quickly navigate around and you still, you don't feel like you're like having to like press a button to teleport anywhere. You feel like you're like actually moving in into the places that you're going. Hmm. And and much like you would in any other RTS, you have to mine enough resources to build up enough bots that you can send them out and start attacking these uh, dark aliens that exist. And they're kind of just like goo monsters. Um, but yeah, and like the the thing I didn't realize initially as I was playing is I actually have to like move myself out into these areas to kind of destroy some of the enemies. And so okay. like the first time I played, I was just staying in my base and just building my robots and immediately like uh, I'd say after about 10 minutes, I was just getting overwhelmed with oncoming (laughs) enemies. And that's because I'm just letting all these other aliens like have the rest of the map to themselves. So, so is it, it, uh, obviously it's VR, right? But in in my head, there's, I, I would still, because when you say RTS, I always think of top down, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, are there any top-down elements in th- this game? So or? you you have it's 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 
interesting like the the way that they've set up the interface because with the the vive controllers you have uh, a lot of buttons to choose from yeah and so if you tap tap the trackpad on the top you have like three actual like weapons that you can put on your controller itself to kind of either defend or, or shoot little like discs out and then there's grip buttons on the underside and if you click that grip button it brings mm-hmm. up a map of the area. And so what you can do is then using those buttons, you can like highlight an area on a map and highlight. You can actually drag to create a box around all of the robots that are around you and then send them out to an area. So you can, you can pull up a map and look okay. at and it and it'll show you what areas have like uh, a, a, a larger development of the enemy and then other areas where there are better resources. Sure. So you can so, use you can use that map to kind of determine it's it's literally a top-down map. Yeah. Yeah. So like that that map then is as close to a traditional RTS as you're going to get in this game. Um yeah, I mean and I think there's a certain way you have to think when you're playing a real-time strategy game as far as how how much time to dedicate and how much resources dedicate towards building up more resources and when to make that switch to how big to build an army before you, you need to send them out and take over another area. And I think those decision points are what I'm terrible at is <laughs> like the first time I'm like, just get all the resources. And then I'm like super rich, but I have no armies and you know, I die surrounded by my wealth. Uh, yeah. And then the next time I like build tons of armies and I send them out and I have no resources to sustain them. So they eventually get killed off and I'm sat sitting there broke and defenseless. Yeah. So I think finding those balances and then also kind of like knowing when to upgrade certain things. Those are the parts where if you really like an RTS type of game, then I think you would really enjoy cosmic trip. But then if you're also really looking for a VR experience that has more depth because I think that's, that's one of the issues with VR titles right now in general mm-hmm. is there are so many great experiences, but there are only a few really great games. Yeah. And, and a lot of the games are kind of dependent on the fact that, Oh, I'm, I feel like I'm present in this space, but when you really break it down, you're just playing pong, except you're <laughs> a paddle, right? Like, there's there's an enemy on the other side of a hallway and you're knocking a ball back and forth like it's cool you feel like you're there you're moving your whole body to make it happen but essentially it's pong and so mm. you know there are or arkanoid <laughs> yeah, versus space it, invaders <laughs> there are games very much like that um and you know if you mix in multiplayer aspects and things like that there are a lot of really great things you can do but I'm excited for developers who are coming up with these kinds of like different ideas where like, okay, let's, let's take that RTS way of thinking and then transfer it into this play style. And, and in the case of uh, cosmic trip, they did a really great job. I think. Oh. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that, that so- it sounds cool. It sounds, you know, uh, me not knowing what the game looks like uh, and just going based off your description, it sounds like a little of like first person ish uh like League of Legends or Smite or something like that uh with a little more base building and like you know sending your minions out to do do your bidding like it's like a weird 
like a weird mix, I guess. Yeah, it's weird. Like every all the robots have sort of this like seventies like robotic design type of look to them. Like, like just like the Battlestar Galactica. Yes. <laughs> Almost like it's um it's very stylized in that way. Uh-huh. And then the aliens are all these just kind of like weird geometric kind of looking things. There's one that's basically like a tire that rolls up to you and then unfolds <laughs> into this big like tangled like tree creature type thing. Um, but have you yeah, ever, I don't. And speaking of tire, have you ever seen the movie Rubber? <laughs> no, no. Oh my god, it's it's a it's a really kind of like avant garde horror movie about a rubber tire that gains sentience. And okay, <laughs> it goes around killing people. Uh, it's, I mean, I don't recommend it, um, but <laughs> but you want people weird. to know that it does exist. <laughs> yeah. In case, in case for any reason someone wants to waste their time, I mean, spend their time. Yeah. Uh, speaking speaking of spend your wasting your time at the movies, uh, the, then a Pirates of the Caribbean movie came out this week. Did you Did you see it? No, I didn't oh. see it. When When I was thought... the, When was the last What was the last Pirates of the Caribbean movie you saw? Uh, in the theater or at all? Period. <laughs> uh, I think it was the second one. I think that might have been. Yeah, that was. I think that's the last one I saw because I was like, "Oh, okay, this is this is it. We're just gonna keep going this way, and it's more about <laughs> Captain Jack Sparrow." And I then fe- I feel like there's a situ- I feel like there's a situation where I might have been in the room when the third movie was on. Yes, for some length of time. Sure. Yeah. But I I can't say with any confidence what the third movie was about. I don't count that as watching it. Who like what the plot entailed, who was in it necessarily. Um I know Johnny Depp was was probably in it. Uh yeah. but yeah, I think the second one and and it's so funny because the first movie, like the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie was was good. I felt it was yeah. good. I really enjoyed it. And like the whole nostalgia thing for me and being in love with Disneyland and the parks and stuff like that, like, like I feel like I should be more on board with it, but I feel like they're just milking just it, beating this horse yeah. way past expiration. You, and you know what the, what I had, what I had an issue with was, and in, in the second one, Orlando Bloom and then, uh. I want to say Anna Anna Kornikova, whatever her name is, the the actress Kira Kira Knightley. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh, I don't I don't remember if she was in that or not. She she's a uh, Natalie Portman's stunt double in yeah yeah. Uh, little little <laughs> trivia bit for you there. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, like this the first movie was about Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley, and then the second one was like, oh, you know what? We all we don't care about them really. We care all about Captain Jack Sparrow. And then the, all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies just ended up being about him. And and for me, I think that's what, what turns me off about it. Like, quit milking that character. Just just do something else, Disney. Like, there's so many other things you can be doing with uh, with Johnny Depp other than the same k- drunk character. Yeah, they, they, they basically got him as uh, Jack Sparrow and then as the Mad Hatter, and they'll just flip back and forth between oh, those yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, as long as they can. No, I, I heard, I think this is the last, if I remember correctly, this might be the last Pirates movie. I don't know. It's, uh, from what I heard, it's flopping at the box office. So uh, I I don't, I don't think they'll try another shot at it. But, you know, I mean, maybe yeah. I'll catch it when it's on HBO, you know, next month or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, oh. you know, we'll see. 
Uh, let's see, two things. One, I saw Alien Covenant. We cut that short on the uh, the other podcast the other day. I saw Alien Covenant. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, I think people who who aren't who are expecting an Alien movie were disappointed, and then people who expected a Prometheus movie were a little disappointed. And then you put them together in the same room, and then, uh, there's a lot of disappointed people. Uh, I, I like I like the direction the movie is going. If you like Alien movie, I still recommend it. I, I do know that some people say I, my buddy Brian hit me up the other day. He's like, I hated it. So, uh, you know, to, to each their own. Ha, have it's you like, recommended it to people, and then they've come back to you and been like, "Your word is like invalid to me now. Like, I don't, I don't take your opinion well, of movies seriously at all." Well, well, whenever I, whenever I told somebody to, to see it, I was like, you know, caveat, I'm not going to say it's the best movie. But I liked I liked it. I, I know some people went in maybe maybe a little too hyped, and they were disappointed with it. Like sure, my buddy Brian. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know. I still think I th- still think it was decent. I think it was still decent, better than I I liked it more than Prometheus. So. Um, then the second thing is Twin Peaks is back. You bow, mentioned HBO, bow, bow, bow. even <laughs> though that's on Showtime. Yeah, it's on Showtime. <laughs> show go, show go, dude. Twin Peaks. God, did you ever watch Twin Peaks? So I've seen, I I can't say yes enough to be like truthful with myself. I've watched like five or six episodes of Twin Peaks, the first five or six, and I need to keep watching it. I didn't stop watching it because I didn't like it. I didn't stop watching it uh, for any fault of the show itself. I think just life got in the way. And then I moved on to Stranger Things or whatever thing happened after that um but yeah no i i'm vaguely familiar with twin peaks uh and enough to know out of those first few episodes but i i I owe it to myself to uh go back and and give it its due yes and there there's so much that i um that i need to go back and and check out so fire walk with me i need to go watch that again um the the secret history of Twin Peaks. It's a book that just came out recently too, or or maybe it's coming out. Like I need to check that out because there's a lot of stuff that happens in the 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 new Twin Peaks season uh, on Showtime. There's four episodes out now until next week. Um, that there's they, and then are they going to be gone? Like how does that how does that uh, work? I'm I'm not I'm not really sure. I just know the first four episodes are on Show Showtime Go or whatever it is um, for now, and then. I mean, they'll probably still be there, but they'll probably honestly, at some point they'll shop them around to some other distributors. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like, very like, much like Hulu or something like Hulu or Netflix or somebody like that. Yeah, Cause yeah. you know, get Showtime gets, gets it in the door and then they get their, their cash out of it. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think they'll Showtime will want to keep it honestly. Sure. Because I mean, uh, they, they want to, because it's only this is only the first four episodes of the rest of the season that they're showing. okay. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's just so weird. And Chelsea doesn't like David Lynch at all. She's like, he's just weird for the sake of being weird. And yeah, it, I I know that critique <laughs> is, <laughs> is accurate in some ways. Uh, but I just I just love just, David Lynch is so brilliant to me because he has in his head what all this stuff means to him. It all makes sense. He's not just being weird. He's just, he was, um, 
just his background is in like this avant-garde art. And then he took that and then he became a filmmaker with that. So he still has that kind of that, that weirdness in avant-garde. And so he, he knows what he's doing when he's doing just like a, a brainstem with a bunch of like little arms. And then the brainstem is talking to a character. <laughs> like he knows what he's doing with that. It's, and he won't, he, and he won't tell us, which is, which is cool in one way. He won't tell us what it is because he said in interviews, I don't want to tell or belittle somebody else's interpretation of what I'm doing. I want sure. them because that takes away from the experience of filmmaking and, and uh, art. So, well, and I think in, in art in its truest form is you have an opinion in what you're creating, but that it's not always necessarily you're, you're spoon feeding something you create something. And then that thing that you create, has the ability to uh, create thoughts or emotions in other people. So if you take it into consideration that way, and as I put my pinky in the air and, you know, <laughs> adjust my monocle, uh, <laughs> you know, like from, from an artist standpoint, I think it's good that he doesn't spoon feed people and say, this is exactly what everything means. So, yeah. yeah. And I, uh, I think there's a, there's a quote. I'm going to paraphrase it from Ray Bradbury talking about like uh, a student or somebody wrote him a letter talking about uh, metaphors in his work. And uh, the person was like, do you intentionally put all these, these metaphors in, into your writing? And he's like, I do put metaphors in there, but I'll be honest. A lot of them are probably just you coming up with them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> out of, out of no. Out I mean, of I so. put brain stems with arms into my work, but you're probably just getting your own interpretation. <laughs> Uh yeah, so that's that's that that's what's going on with that. And I, when anytime I turn it on, I tell Chelsea to leave the room because she hates me. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's weird. I uh I've I've watched a couple additional Twilight Zone episodes lately. Yeah, uh, I I don't know if I'll ever uh get back up to speed with submitted for your approval a Twilight Zone podcast coming back <laughs> soon to AppTechEnthusiasm dot com. Yeah, uh, but a few times every time I put on a Twilight Zone episode. With Sheena in the room, she's locked in. She's enjoying it. And I'm like, why the heck am I trying to watch these on my own? Sheena clearly is enjoying these. Like, we should watch Twilight Zone together. Like, what is, what is going on? Uh, and in a way, like, when I watched Twin Peaks, I started watching it by myself because I was like, this is not something Sheena is going to care about. This is not something she's going to enjoy. Um, and I could be wrong. I don't know. I I almost I almost think it's worth maybe once she uh once we get through this is us which I'm obligated as a husband right now to <laughs> to watch with her because she's demanding uh, it. Uh yeah. maybe maybe I can go make the dramatic step uh from this is us <laughs> weeknights on NBC to yes. uh David Lynch and and Twin Peaks and you know, we'll see we'll see what happens. See if not, see if our marriage survives. <laughs> not not a sponsor. Not a sponsor for either of those shows. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> any any other movies as, as we're on the on the topic of of film and things like that that you've caught lately that you want to? Yeah. Mention? There's 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 one more, and it's uh, I Chelsea and I watched Get Out the other day. The oh, Jordan... I I need to see that movie. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, not... I'm not I'm not a huge like scary movie fan. But I heard it's more of like a thriller, like it's, psychological. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not a it's not a scary movie. Uh, so it's uh, Jordan Peele from Key and Peele. Yeah, and he directed it and wrote it, I think. 
And uh, yeah, like I, I'm not I'm not gonna get into it too much. I'm not gonna spoil it, especially for you, Travis. Um, not that there's like too many too many spoilers, but uh, it, it deals a lot with uh, sort of like uh, racial issues, yes. though, right? Like, and it's um, from what I understand, uh, the writer from Key and Peele, uh, I, Jordan. Wait, which Jordan. one is it? Jordan Peele. Jordan. Jordan Peele. Yeah. Jordan Key. Key Jordan. Jo- that's Keegan Michael Key. Keanu. Jordan. <laughs> the cat from their movie. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Camel <laughs> Bell. Camel Bell. Camel Bear. Uh, yeah. So he wants. He has like a whole like series of like social issue, uh-huh. like thrillers or something that he wants to do. Yeah. And this was just sort of like his first jaunt into uh, making that a reality. And everything I've heard about the movie is it's. Is it's outstanding. Re- it's yeah. really good. Like I, uh, after it was over, I kept thinking about it, and I kept thinking about it all the way into the middle of the next day. And then I talked to Chelsea about it as over lunch, and she had just been thinking about it the entire time. And I think, I think that the if if you leave a movie and you're still thinking about it afterwards, and you're putting pieces together, and you're you're thinking about the the implication of of certain things. I think that's a, a sign of a of a good a good film, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and the the racial stuff in it, like Chelsea was in IMDb and she's looking it up, and people are either gives it give it five stars or they give it one star, and they're like the one star, this is the most racist movie I've ever seen. Um, I'm assuming those are white supremacists who are. Or awful people. Sorry if if we have any or, listeners. I don't. They're, they're just I white people with white guilt. That's, yeah, that's white <laughs> milk toast. Uh, Gazorpa Zorpfield, go easy on me. Uh, but it's 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 good, man. And like it makes you. It, I think it does a spectacular job of me, for all intents and purposes, being a white male. Uh, gets me in the the mindset to understand. Um what what african americans kind of feel like on a, on a, in certain situations right I, I, my my dad was talking to my mom one time and and i was asking him cuz he's 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 the hispanic part of of me right and i was just saying like mr. talking about mr cruz <laughs> mr cruz i was talking about talking to him about racism um just driving and and my mom was in the car and my mom was like oh randy's never he's he's your dad has never had to he's never felt like that before and he's like, "What are you talking?" No, I felt like that all the time as as a kid. Like I worked across the street from the high school for my grandfather's lawn company, and you don't think I didn't feel like stereotyped and that kind of that negativity? Like I absolutely felt that. You don't understand that, Mom, Mary, because you know you're you're white. You don't you don't you don't feel that. Right. Um, and, yeah. And so. So I think this movie does a good job of kind of conveying that to somebody who, like me, who doesn't fully understand it or doesn't fully grasp it. Okay. Sorry, uh, it's deep. Ha- no, it is, but I <laughs> it's just it just reemphasizes the fact and and that's how, well everything I've heard about the movie like I absolutely have to see it. Um I I want to see it legitimately though. So <laughs> I I need to um I don't know, go buy it on uh some sort of distribution service or something. Yeah, I, I rented it on the X Bone. X Bone. Uh, well, that may 
cost you more money in the future uh, in in a throwback to i think our very first episode or maybe it was the second one uh guess what's back in the news net neutrality Woo. oh boy oh god uh, uh, <laughs> Um, I don't know if you I don't know if you've been keeping up with this at all, but uh, John Oliver on last week tonight he he did another push a couple weeks ago. Now that uh, the FCC is uh, Republican run and not necessarily just Republican run, but um, the the individuals that are uh, at the helm at the FCC, all of the net neutrality and and title uh, was it title two, title ten, title. I haven't done my homework. The, <laughs> go, go go listen to like our second episode ever, which you know, maybe don't do that. Uh, that's when we were recording on like Yetis and uh, we didn't was, know what the heck we were doing. That was so bad. Um, yeah. I, th- I think we also talked about like DuckTales or something in that, in that episode. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> or, um, or maybe it was Jurassic Park, like Jurassic World when that movie Lin, came out. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Hey, Hamilton. Launch, launch not throwing away my no, shot. <laughs> yeah, that's that's such a huge uh, announcement, by the way, because Hamilton make made me such a huge Lamento Miranda fan, and then Moana, and uh, anyway, anyway, okay. Uh, sorry, neutrality. I'm I'm done with my yeah net neutrality. So yeah, go right to well, don't write to the FCC right now because they probably won't take your comments seriously. But pay attention to what's going on, guys, because. Uh, I don't know if you want your internet to be regulated the way that, like, I don't know, your cable is, where your cable company could just sell you bundled packages and charge you whatever they want because nobody else is around to say not to. And I don't know. It's just, it's so frustrating to me that, like, like this podcast, right? Like, yeah. We, we hooked up a bunch of computer equipment in garages and bedrooms and things like that. And we produce this content, and then we put it out on the internet for you, free of charge. Uh, maybe go buy a T-shirt over on our T Public <laughs> site or something. Help us out. Uh, but yeah, okay. like like Smooth. we 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 do this because we enjoy it, and uh, and we can. And our website uh, does not cost you any different amount of money to go visit it, and you will get it at the same speed as every other website. And I don't know, like the idea that the big podcasters, the, the NPR podcast, the, the S towns and serials of the world. Like if they can, if they can be like, all right, we're the bigger podcasters. So we should have priority on the internet. Right. Not, not that I'm saying the, the liberal run NPR <laughs> is going to, is going to do that. But I'm just saying like, like podcasting. One of the reasons I love podcasting is because anyone can do it. Like literally anyone that can get a microphone and get some software can, can produce content. And then we have a choice as listeners, what we want to listen to and everything's available equally. And, and really it's the audience that makes the decisions about what they enjoy. And that's one of the beautiful things about the internet is the fact that we can go and go support the sites that we like. And it's not because corporations are saying you have to go to these sites and these ones are, off limits or things like that so anyway that's the end of that's the end of that soapbox rant yeah. for i don't know do you want to say anything about net neutrality i just i've been thinking about it this week and yeah no it's it's okay you know we i got into the the whole racism thing uh you got into net neutrality look we there these are hot button issues hot, hot button issues <laughs> on that pathetic uh, uh, the, what what else uh, there's literally like two other things that i have not checked off on our notes 
for this week. Let's, let's believe let's, it or not, there there are notes. Uh, let's blast the fir- through. Let's blast the very, through. The very first one is just a random thing I saw on Reddit this week. Uh, where there are RoboCops in Dubai. <laughs> oh, I saw that. <laughs> Did you see that link? Uh, yeah. Ba- basically, in the the giant mall in Dubai, uh, they have com- they've created these robotic <laughs> cops that cruise around the mall. They're they're literally like the cross between RoboCop and like Paul Blart Mall Cop, because <laughs> they're not actual like police officers, and more so, they're just like they're like concierge type robots because you can like walk up to them and like find out you know what's where a certain store is or like where the restrooms are i think but you know you can if you got a ticket in dubai you can pay off your fines (laughs) at these at these yeah uh, i think you can yeah exactly so like they're more like service officers Uh but uh i guess like the mayor or whoever's in charge in dubai like he was like yeah i I want to have like thousands of these robots like on the streets. And so, and Dubai is kind of a crazy enough place where they could like make it happen. And they're just like, yeah, let's, let's build an Island that's shaped like a palm tree and let's have tons of <laughs> RoboCops. Like, why not? <laughs> oh, why not? Why not? Uh, what's, what's the, what's the last thing there on that list? Uh, so we've talked, we've talked about this before. I know, I don't know if we talked about it on podcast. I'm sure we have, but, uh, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror in, Disney's California Adventure shut down uh, a while back and was rebranded as the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Uh, that ride opened this weekend. Yes. And uh, a lot of a lot of people pretty excited, Brandon. People stoked for the ride. Seven hours of, of excitement is what I heard. What okay, I before, heard. Before we move <laughs> any further about talking about this, seven hours for a theme park ride. Like I love, without exaggeration, I love Disney theme parks. Yeah. They are easily like top five things in my life, and four of those things are family members. So like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's. Notice I didn't like order them <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we all like, have our I, favorites. I can't. I can't imagine spending seven hours. At a at a theme park, to go on one ride. That's a like, that's a that's a long that is a long time. Like you put that in perspective. There's no queue experience. There's like those are people that have just been like shuttled like down one street and across into a different land. And like I don't I don't even know how you manage a line that has a seven hour wait time. Well, yeah. So uh, you I mean you know where the the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror is. You know it's on the California Adventure side. Uh, sorry, not Tower of Terror anymore. Uh, the Escape, right. Guardians in of the heart. Galaxy, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, The Escape, Mission anyway, Breakout, Mission Breakout. Yeah, get it right. Yeah. <laughs> Stay on brand, Brandon. Sorry, sorry. Rebranding, rebranding, Brandon. Uh, anyway, so where that where that hotel is, it was snaking all the way down like California's Adventures Main Street, all the way to like the gate, practically. Right, like Ugh. that's that's. Ugh. I don't like the sun. I'm sure it was hot in California that day. And there are so many other rides that are available for me to be like, okay, I'll just, yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously the fast pass is the go-to option there, but I know like with, I think that was like five hour wait still, which is, which is fine. Like I understand that I, uh, and even just last year, 
the uh the cars ride that they had there yeah i had to get fast passes like first thing in the morning and i didn't get to ride that thing until mid-afternoon like those things go super fast and you know what like great for them that they have attractions that people are responding to and that they really enjoy like great for disney um but man like that's that's kind of rough to like maybe get to experience at one time if you're lucky enough to get that fast pass early on I don't know. I, I I'm car, sure that car I'm sure ride is cool though. It is so good. It is a really good <laughs> ride. Um, but yeah, so I, I I'm gonna miss the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. But I I want to know. Have you looked at all at Mission Breakout and sort of what they've done with the ride? Because I watched nope. a couple of videos online. Um, yes, I spoiled myself for a Disney attraction, <laughs> even though I'm so <laughs> adamant about not spoiling myself for for movies and things like that. It. The, the fan reaction has been huge. People really enjoy the way that they've rethemed uh, sort of the walkthrough area at the beginning. Yeah. Um, because it, it's supposed to take place in the collector's collection, uh, yeah, essentially. Yeah. And so they have a lot of really cool Marvel Easter eggs in there. And then the ride itself, which originally I would sort of just compare to a dressed up like free fall attraction where you're just in an elevator shaft going up and down and being dropped several times and then boom rides over uh this they've they've added a little bit more to it so there are a few more stops along the way uh-huh. um yeah it's still the same experience of you're in an elevator shaft going up and down but they kind of stop and tell a little bit more of a story and then back into that and then you get into another area um and from what i heard the story has enough variables in it to where every time you go on the ride, it's not the exact same experience. And so I think those two things um, make for a, a a good improvement perhaps. Yeah. One, one of the, uh, the variations is where they go pod race. Pod racing. Yeah, Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to, I'm moving to Florida in, in a few months and I'll be near Orlando and I'll be happy to report that I will still have a Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. And if I ever meet up with you down there, we can write <laughs> it together. And then we can Facebook Live co-stream yes. it yes. on Mixer. And, uh, <laughs> uh, get um, out. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> uh, well, that's 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 our show this week. Uh, I mean, we've, we did almost an hour so far. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what? For those of you that are listening, continue to listen. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast for supporting our other podcasts for heading over to the website. Um, couple of things to plug this week. Yeah. You mentioned we were on the Robin Slim show. Uh, thanks yeah. to those guys for having us on, uh, something we're doing with interdimensional RSS is, uh, we have partnered with the cooler TV app. If you head over to, uh, iTunes store and download the cooler TV app, it's an app that lets you, uh, watch TV asynchronously with, with your friends. So, you can create GIFs live as the show is playing, and then your GIFs will appear in a show feed as the show plays. So whether your friend's watching it at the same time or hours later, uh, they'll still see exactly what you commented on uh, right at the time in the episode when you did. If you want to do a Rick and Morty live gift party, we're doing that May 31st at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, we're going to be watching Lawnmower Dog, so... If you're a Rick and Morty fan, come check that out. You can win some prizes, some some swag. So uh, we're doing that. 
Uh, as always, you can follow this podcast on Twitter at Apathusiast, uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Apathetic Enthusiasm Show. Our, <coughs> oh, I need to get some water. Our Instagram <laughs> is apathetic, apathetic underscore enthusiasm. Uh, and then we got an email address, apatheticenthusiasmshow at gmail.com. I yeah, think I don't know. Sure. We don't get yeah, a lot of email there anymore. Most of it's Twitter related. <laughs> yeah. Uh but definitely hit up our website, apatheticenthusiasm.com. We updated links to our show or our T public uh page. So if you want to see some of our favorite t shirts on T public and maybe get one for yourself, help support the podcast, uh click the button at the top of our website or go to apatheticenthusiasm.com slash shop. Uh, uh, you did it, Trey. I'm so I'm so <laughs> parched. I'm so parched, Brandon. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? When you, as you were saying that, I got so much work done on the blog post that I'm going to do for this episode. <laughs> You're so. writing all the show notes. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, well, thank you again, everybody, for listening. All the new listeners that are doubling up, I guess, when I'm not paying attention to double it up, double, double, du- double it up, d- 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 double, 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 uh, and uh, yeah. And until next week, I am Brandon. And I'm Travis. And we will talk to you then. Good Thanks job. for listening. Bye. Write a review bye. on iTunes. Bye. <laughs> oh, bye. Bye. <laughs>